is a multitude of things that an individual can do to distract themselves from the monotony of the weekly routine we often find ourselves in. There comes a time when the screaming children, the uninteresting work functions, and the angry, dissatisfied customers begin to grind away at your sanity. It's important to relieve the mind of our designated cycles, and we all have different ways of finding our respite. For me, traversing the terrains of a foreign land was my escape. 
There are only a few things in life I enjoy more than strapping on a pair of hiking boots and setting off into the wilderness with nothing but my thoughts to keep me company. I'm a bit of a curmudgeon, to be perfectly honest. I don't really care much for people in a general sense. So, of course, I work as a desk clerk at a major financial institution in New York City. One of the absolute worst jobs you can have with a personality like mine. Needless to say, these trips are very much a necessity for me. The isolation provides perfect sanctuary for much-needed self-reflection and decompression. That brings us to the reason I'm typing this post for the wandering eyes of the internet from my rather uncomfortable hospital bed. A couple of weeks ago, I had reached my threshold. Whenever I find myself daydreaming about bludgeoning an unsatisfied client with a broom handle, that's my cue. You need to fix this right now. Yeah? Here's your fix. I arranged to take off two weeks at the beginning of the month, which my boss wasn't too happy with, considering the short notice. But I'm one of the best employees he's got. I may not enjoy my job, but I am exceptionally proficient at it. I ended up getting my way. I've been to many locations during my travels. Puerto Rico, the Bahamas, the Virgin Islands, Uruguay, and even took a few excursions into the Rockies. However, I'm ashamed to admit that up until recently, I'd never been to Europe. I've read countless online articles about the many introverted tourist attractions that the continent has to offer. After hours of skimming through article after article, I decided on the Kasselberg summit in the Vosges Mountains, located near the French and German border. The place was once the site of a fierce battle during World War II. A battalion of Allied soldiers from the 141st Infantry were trapped in these mountains, completely surrounded by the Nazis. They were eventually rescued by a combat team from the 442nd Regiment, which was mostly made up of Japanese-American soldiers. It sounds like something straight out of a Hollywood movie, a perfect story that addresses the racial divide between the Japanese and Americans at this time in history. A story of true heroism, American soldiers charging into the depths of hell to rescue their brothers-in-arms. I can almost see the stoic faces of uniformed officers saluting as those musical horns sound in the distance. However, the road to glory is oftentimes stained in blood. People don't like to talk or even think about the wails of agony after a grenade explosion sends limbs flying into the air, or a field medic holding in a private's intestines as he screams for his mom or seeing a body get torn apart by rapid MG-42 fire. In 1944, the Vosges Mountains may as well have been the ninth circle of hell. My lengthy plane ride to France and hotel stay were about as boring as you'd imagine, so I'll spare you the details. Before long, I had rented some hiking gear, 
parked my rental car at a resort parking lot, and was making my way up a snow-ridden embankment. My previous endeavors had been mostly under the punishing Caribbean sun. Whereas this time around, it would be under an overcast sky in the dead heart of winter's embrace. Winter here can be extremely harsh from what I've heard. But Mother Nature was being merciful at that moment. Besides, I'm from Jersey. It'll take more than a little snow to deter me. I hiked for hours through the snow-covered countryside. The peaceful surroundings made it seem like I had entered one of those scenic wallpapers you see on computer screens or postcards. I listened to the light breeze pass through the surrounding trees as flakes of snow blew off the branches into the winter air and the melody of unseen birds sang in the distance. After a while, I noticed a nearby tree line. Through the trees, I could see there was nothing but a gray-tinted sky, meaning that beyond the tree line was likely a slope that dropped off. I made my way through the trees, and sure enough, I discovered that my prediction was correct. The slope overlooked a magnificent valley. The landscape seemed to stretch on for miles. An endless continuum of white dunes and frost-covered trees. It was truly a breathtaking sight, one that puts anything I've seen in my previous travels to shame. As I took in the scene, a euphoric feeling washed over me. I realized that this is what I came here for. The sweet solitude of the mountains, far away from the stress of the never-ending numbers and the non-stop complaints, far from the expectations, failed romances, and estranged family. Here, in this frozen tundra, I felt like I was truly free. Should I have broken both my legs from a nasty fall and be swallowed whole by the cold earth? Well, maybe that wouldn't have been so bad. At least I would have died a free man, doing something I loved. A dignified end to an otherwise meaningless existence. I gave a quick look at the numbers on my digital watch. If I headed back now, I'd reach my rental just before nightfall. I gave one last glance at the picturesque valley and then turned to make my way back. I had a good day's hike. Tomorrow, I'd find my respite elsewhere. As I made my descent towards the trail, a dreadful feeling began to stir within. And I felt a heaviness permeate the air as the wind began to pick up its pace. Making my way back through the cluster of trees to get to the trail should have been a simple task. As an experienced hiker, I know I can do a pretty decent job of retracing my steps. However, my surroundings were not in any way familiar to me. I was a hundred percent sure that I had headed back the same way I came from. The trees now line the trail perfectly, whereas before I could have sworn they were as sporadic as nature intended. At first, I dismissed this oddity as a lapse in memory. However, 
My uncertainty turned into cold despair. After about 30 minutes went by, and the trees did not change their formation. They were starting to look like prison bars walling me in. As a man of reason, I reassured myself that I was letting paranoia get the best of me. Yet, as I continued, the path seemed to become more narrow as the barrier of trees closed in. I began to question myself. My mind insisted I had taken a wrong turn at some point. I stopped and pulled out my trusty compass to ensure that I was at least heading in the right direction. The compass needle spun chaotically, occasionally stopping and spinning in the opposite direction. I had no clue what could have been causing my compass to go haywire. An underground power line, perhaps? Whatever the case, it only exacerbated the icy feeling of dread growing in the pit of my stomach as did the darkening sky above. After much consideration, I decided to continue forward. I surmised that even if I had made a wrong turn at some point, this path had to lead somewhere. As that thought set in, I spotted a barely noticeable impression in the snow where something had fallen onto the path. My first thought was that a pine cone from one of the overhead trees had fallen to the earth. Then I considered how strange it was that I hadn't seen any debris at all up until now, scrutinizing how neatly and deliberately the trees lined the path. As I approached the fallen object, I soon realized that I was wrong. There, laying in the snow, was a rusted iron cross. I picked up the old relic to examine it. A tiny swastika was etched above the numbers 1939 within the boundaries of the cross. I realized that I was holding what I believed to be an old Nazi relic. Suddenly, I heard the unmistakable sound of marching jackboots stomping through the snow behind me. The sound was so vivid. It was like at any moment I would feel the barrel of a rifle pressing against the back of my head while being screamed at in German. However, when I turned around, and of course there wasn't a soul in sight, I pocketed the relic and continued down the foreboding trail. If nothing else, I thought, I wouldn't have to waste my money at some mundane gift shop for a souvenir. If it wasn't for the rapidly dropping temperature and the dwindling daylight, I might have been almost excited that I'd lost my way. During my travels, I will admit that I had been turned around before, but I'd always rose to the challenge and found a way back to my destination through sheer instinct. But this time, the stress of self-doubt began to rear its ugly head as the bitter breeze had now turned into a harsh wind. Part of me viewed my current predicament as a manifestation of my own inner turmoil. Another part of me was focused on survival and determined to persevere. Quickly dispelling my previous illusion of being consumed by the winter tide, suddenly a gust of wind bowled me over, slamming me face first deep into the white powder. <sighs> I quickly tried to gather my wits and stand up. That's when I heard a haunting voice cutting through the howl of the wind. 
It was far too audible to be just another delusion. I rolled onto my back to see if I could spot the origin of the voice. My eyes were met with a battalion of featureless silhouettes hidden by a layer of thick wind. What the fuck? Seeing these still figures froze my insides as my mind was consumed by pure panic and terror. The lingering twilight was now replaced by suffocating darkness. It was impossible to see anything. That was until the countless pairs of glowing yellow eyes emerged from the darkness, followed by a cacophony of furious disembodied screeches. As I frantically scrambled away from the fast approaching eyes, I heard a chilling voice whisper into my ear. Pressing my hands against the impending snow, I managed to lift myself back to a standing position, tearing forward into the never-ending blackness. The terrible shrieking and wailing from behind me grew louder. It was as if I had met my doom, and was now standing before the gates of hell, hearing the tortured screams of the damned crying out in agony. This was madness. I desperately trudged forward but the snow underfoot was making it difficult to move quickly. I could feel death breathing down my neck. One of my boots caught on something metallic and solid. Gravity showed no mercy, throwing my body forward once again into the thick snowdrift. I was terrified of what I might have seen if I had taken another look behind me. The violent winds capitalized on my vulnerable state, pinning me into the thick, cold snow. I tried desperately to rise to my feet, but my efforts were futile. I suddenly felt a heavy pressure, and my face was driven into the snow. It was like someone's boot was forcing my head down. Unable to stand, I felt around with gloved hands until I grabbed what felt like a tree root and pulled on it. My body was then forcefully dragged forward through the snow. I was able to move my head freely again, but my vision was completely obscured by the thick lashing wind. The guttural howling and moaning cut through the relentless wind. I knew that I had to keep moving, or else I would meet a worse fate than freezing to death. I began crawling on all fours like a soldier at his first day of boot camp, plowing through the snow driven only by my will to survive. It was then that I heard a thudding sound ringing out among the haunting torrent of screams and the fierce wind. At first... I thought it was an avalanche, and at any moment, I'd be swallowed alive by a cascading landslide. But as I listened, I realized with a terrifying clarity that the sound I heard was marching. I didn't dare look back. I hastened my crawl to the point that my muscles felt as if they were on fire. The only thing that kept me going was pure adrenaline. Just when I thought that my body would completely give out and I would meet my gruesome end at the hands of whatever was making those nightmarish wails, my head slammed into something hard and metallic. I reached up to grab at whatever prevented me from moving forward, my hands wrapping around its metal frame with relative ease. I forced myself to my knees, using the foreign object as an anchor. 
raise my head to see the rusted bars of a massive wrought iron gate. Pulling myself up to my feet, still barely able to see anything as the wind continued to violently thrash around me, I slowly made my way to the edge of the ancient gate, using its iron bars to stay upright. I eventually reached the edge of the gate and saw that it was mounted to a giant stone wall. This wall appeared to be just as aged and withered as the iron gate. Through the blinding gust, I could see several splits and cracks webbing across its surface. On the verge of collapsing from exhaustion, I continued down the perimeter of the wall until I found an opening just big enough for me to squeeze through. The wind had completely drowned out the hellish wailing and shrieking behind me at this point. I charged through the opening and leapt onto the snow-covered ground. All at once, the relentless winds and the torrent of screams suddenly ceased. But I was far too fatigued to feel any kind of relief. I remained face down in the snow for an undetermined amount of time. Every single muscle in my arms and legs felt like they wanted to evacuate my body in protest. I remembered thinking to myself, My face, I need to cover my face. I summoned my very last ounce of strength to lift up my head so I could pull up my scarf to have something between my bare skin and the cold ground. As soon as the scarf covered my eyes, I instantly fell limp. My body had shut down completely, and I fell into a deep sleep. That I've lost control Impulses keep flashing through my head I'm on the outside